Good morning, good morning, good morning. God, I thank you so much for waking us up this morning. I thank you for giving us another opportunity to experience heaven on earth with you. To just stand firm as a believer. Knowing that you are exactly who you say you are. And when you look upon me, you know what you see. The same that I see and which I can hear and understand. And grab hold to in my heart. That you are God and you are God alone. I am fully persuaded. It doesn't matter what takes place around me. My focus is on you all the day long. Therefore, there's no room to be taught any other way. There's no reason to look another direction. There's no reason to walk another path. Because you are the true path. You are the true light. You are the only way to every desire that everyone on this earth needs. And today we stand in agreement with you on your word on the behalf of this nation, upon every nation, upon every nation, for your glory. We're not going to just keep saying your words. We're grabbing hold to your words. We're experiencing your words in our life. So right now, God, just use me to say whatever you want me to say this morning, however you want me to say it. And I pray, God, that you get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. We are stepping out of this year, stepping into a whole new year. Many people this year, they got caught by surprise in different areas. But when we walking with you, we don't get caught off guard. We don't, hallelujah God. As a believer, that's the only thing you do. It's not what you're trying to do, what you're trying to persuade yourself or how you're trying to become. You are a believer the moment you begin to believe. So it doesn't matter what takes place around you. It may trouble you a little bit in your heart. It may try to cause your mind to be distracted. But overall, which is a very important point. Overall, you still believe it. In spite of. See, those are key words. Yeah, many have been troubled. But in spite of all of that. Many have grabbed hold to what took place this year. But in spite of that, many have lost their jobs. Many health had issues. But in spite of all of that, many have turned away. But in spite of that, many have cried out. But in spite of that, many have fallen short. But in spite of that, Many have begun to divide, but in spite of that, in spite of all of that, our God is still faithful. It's so important to pray. It's so important to keep you and your families lifted. Prayer is just not just to be said to make you feel good. 
is to know that your father is listening to every request made known. And when you know when you pray, that he hears you and the answer's already been yes, amen. Then you begin to walk in everything you prayed for. And everything that you prayed against, you begin to see it being destroyed more and more. We have to continue to pray. A lot of us don't make time to pray. God may have you pray for a couple of hours, but most of us just want to give it five minutes. Because we're too busy to pray. But we complain about everything that's taking place around us. We're too busy. We got to stop filling our lives up with things that's unnecessary. We're preparing for a new year. And every time we, we enter into a new year, a lot of us, if not all of us, make a new request. Oh, I'm going to stop doing this. A resolution. Let me say resolution instead. My new year resolution to stop doing this or start doing this. And every time we make that request or make that resolution, most of the time it never get accomplished. Because we're making the request from our natural man. And the natural man is filled with all of the emotions. So if the natural man don't feel like it, because the natural man is not trained to be consistent at a thing, so therefore it won't get accomplished. And it happens because a lot of our spirits are being overtaken by our flesh. Our flesh is telling our spirits what to do, how to do it. And we got to turn it around. Let your spirit be in control. Holy Spirit is not going to commune with your flesh. It has to be spirit to spirit. Your spirit, your spirit man knows how to be consistent. That's why we're always praying when it's time to pray. No matter how long you pray, you still look up. You still let your request be made known. That's why you constantly give thanks. You constantly have your mind on God. It's a constant. Because that's a spirit to spirit encounter. The flesh always talk itself out of something. Oh, you're tired. Time to go to sleep. Oh, you're hungry. Time to eat. For the natural things. But when your spirit man begin to take over, your spirit that you know, oh, it's time to eat. There's the word. Feed yourself. Stir yourself up. It's time to praise. And the spirit that you know when it's time to do these things strategically because there's something taking place. Or there's a tap coming your way, but you already prepared for the victory because you gave forth a praise. And which reminded the enemy that that's still his plan away from your life. It stole his plan away from your life. Hallelujah. So right now, I pray this morning that we stop being lazy spiritually. And be more consistent in the request that we make known unto God. And put what we're asking for to action. And so he can fulfill us with his experience. And I thank God for that. 
Because we always make all these resolutions and they don't get accomplished. We could be starting them out, but we never finish it. So, and then God also showed me that there are a lot of us, there are a lot of us, it's a line. And the line many people consider as a threshold. And before people cross that threshold, we're filled with all kinds of ways and excuses on why not crossing the threshold. And before we cross the threshold, we're actually on a side that we want to take care of ourselves. We're so used to taking care of ourselves and taking care of matters in our own hands. We, we praise God and we believe in God, we say, and we really feel in our hearts that we really do. But we're still taking matters in our own hands. So we're still on this side. We haven't crossed over yet. And many of us want to cross over and we even stepping on the line but haven't crossed over because we're talking ourselves out of crossing over by any way, any means. I have to stop doing this first. I can't cross over doing this. So let me stop or let me get all this out before I do. Before I give my complete yes, let me stop doing this first. Because in nationality, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing, but I know it's not right. I know it's not right to do this, but you know, it's fun to me. So let me get it all out while I'm young. Or let me give it all out until this year's over and start fresh 2021. Many made their request who haven't even seen 2000, who won't even see 2021 on earth. Because it departed their body prematurely and now they are in heaven. The threshold is right here. And only, the only thing that we have to do to cross over is believe. That's it. God, I believe you are who you say you are. In every area of my life, all the words that I heard about you, all the words that were spoken about you, I believe they are true. So let me spend some time in your presence. And before you realize it, God begin to change you and, re and release into you, pour out himself upon you. Then you begin to experience more of who you really are. And then you begin to see how much the enemy tried to torment you. By allowing you not to renew your mind, stir yourself up, stay in God's word, believe in your father, give him a complete yes. So he's still on this other side. A lot of us are being fully deceited. I mean, yeah, deceit. We've been under full deception. And what I mean by that is we're thinking things that's not really... Hallelujah. Serious delusions. Walking around with illusions. And we can't do that. We walk around thinking, okay, I can pray. I'm, I'm on this, I haven't crossed over this threshold yet, but I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to praise. And we're getting comfortable on this side. But in, in nationality, no, spiritually, in God's eyes, you cannot serve him in mammon. A lot of us thinking we can serve him in mammon. 
We can live our life this way and still believe. We can live our life this way and still serve. Live our life this way and still walk with him, talk with him. The only reason why you have an encounter with him, because of the blood-bought right that's upon you, because of what Christ done, and that alone. But to know who you really are, to walk in your assignment, to fulfill God's purpose in and through your life, you have to cross over the threshold. Nothing gets done on that side because that's not the side God is on. This side is, that side is filled with a lot of excuses as to why you're not crossing over yet. That's all. A lot of us are afraid to cross over. We're doubting ourselves. A lot of us don't have enough confidence in ourselves. We talk ourselves down all the time. Some of us not even aware of how much we sit there and put ourselves down. We try to destroy our own character. You're not good enough to cross over. You're not smart enough to cross over. And it's all a lie. So we as intercessors who have crossed over pray for you. The same as people have crossed over, pray for us to cross over. God just gave me a quick illustration of uh, Moses' testimony. And how the Israelites were walking towards that sea to cross over. While they were crossing over, they were beginning to get afraid. See, they first they had their confidence was built. And they was like, okay, we're here. We're walking. The water's been departed. We're amazed by what we're seeing, but we're still walking. Then all of a sudden, the people come behind us who's trying to attack us. Who had us enslaved for years and years. Now they're coming back. First they said we can go. Now they're coming back. They're changing their minds. Now what's, what are we going to do now, Moses? They're in the water with us. What are we going to do now? We came this far. We believed in you this long, this much. And now look. Now we're really going to be in trouble when we get back. Great fear came upon them. You know how many times Moses had to actually look up to God out of a prayer request because of their unbelief in the midst of them being set free? Hallelujah. There are a lot, there's a lot more to Moses' story, God said. That wasn't mentioned in the Bible. And it's okay because everything is can't be mentioned at one time because so many other testimonies that's so you know also important that has to be released as well but the more you spend time with God and every encounter you have with God he begins to show you things hidden things but get over that threshold hallelujah we have to get past and let me let you know what happens when you're on the other side. Once you cross over, it's such a huge weight being lifted off your shoulders. Because now everything you thought you had to do on your own, by yourself, for yourself, for you and your family, 
It's now been given to the arms and the hands of God. So all you have to do is just walk and believe. Follow and believe. Pray and believe. Give thanks and believe. Worship and believe. Everything that was troubling you, everything that had you up at night, caused you to go to the hospital to take all these pills for stress and anxiety, is no longer taking over you. Every doctor's report be turned around. You begin to experience increase in every area of your life. See, we got to let people know our God is a good God. Not that it's a good God to a certain degree. Not we give our lives to God and we got to still continue to press and it is, it, we're struggling more. That's what people getting off the, they're giving off the wrong impressions of God. They're misrepresenting God wrong. People are afraid to get in like the God because they're thinking, once I get like the God, now I'm in a real battlefield. Because now the devil really mad. And I don't feel like fighting anymore. I already fought on that side, so I got to fight on this side too? No. Your only fight is your praise. Your only fight is your faith and your belief. Believing that you already a conqueror. You're more than that. You already have the victory. Because you settled in your heart. When Christ died, I died. I died to deception. I died to sickness. I died to disease. I died to insecurity. I died to brokenness. I died to loneliness. All forms of evil. Anything that caused you to feel disrupted. Anything that caused you to feel doubtful. Angry, unforgiving, anything negative. And you begin to grab hold to everything positive. And the only why people are misrepresenting God because they don't believe themselves. We walk in, in church, we have our scriptures, and we're in church, and instead of us actually listening, we're hearing and not listening. See, you can hear something. That don't mean you, you put it upon the table of your heart. That don't mean that you grab hold to it. You can hear it and then go out of one, the other ear. One ear and out the other. But when you listen. And when you believe it when you're listening. You begin to walk in. It becomes your a part of who you are because you grab hold to that word. Now you becoming that word. And that's the examples we have to be. We can't say something powerful this moment and then go in this moment and then begin to say words of doubt or speaking out of anger. That's why people don't want to come to church. And most of them don't even know that they are the church. Hallelujah.
I don't cut anybody because I don't have no knife to cut. And that's not my job to do. But God, he don't point no finger at anybody. What it means to be spiritually cut is to be uprooted. What it means to be pruned spiritually, that means that God is stripping every lie up out of your life and fulfilling you with this truth. That's how you walk with faith. That's how you walk with confidence. That's how you experience boldness. That's how you be fruitful. To cross over the threshold, that's the land flow of milk and honey. We are walking in that land because Moses brought us here. He brought us to the place. He brought us to the promised land. We're in the land filled with many promises. Now God's turn now is allow us this year to experience flowing with milk and honey. A life flowing with milk and honey. We're in the land now. See, we, now we made it to the land. Now we're about to experience flowing what milk and honey looks like. That means to always be fully taken care of in every area of your life. You don't have any request made known unto God. You don't have to look up and ask God to make sure this be happened or make sure this because it's already been provided. Every desire that is going to cause as your life of Him. Your walk with him and your families is already been provided. So the only thing left for you to do in this land flow of milk and honey is give thanks. Give praise. He didn't bring you out of slavery and captivity to bring you in a land filled with more of it. No, he destroyed it all. He conquered it all. See, a lot of us don't really believe and trust that everything was conquered on the cross. Because if we did, we wouldn't be still bringing it up in the atmosphere today when it happened 2,000 something years ago. You wouldn't be still talking about sickness if you already know he bore those by his stripes we were made healed. We were made healed. He said we were, we were. That means it's already been dealt with. Hallelujah. Not you will be or you are healed. You were. That's an important word. There are a lot of important key words in the Bible we need to grab hold to. Hallelujah. And it only comes from us spending time with God in his word. Holding God to his word. See, once I, I enjoy all the scriptures, but one important scripture I grab hold to, and they all are important. But that God is a man that he shall not lie. When you walk around the world filled with so many lies and deception. And yet here's God saying that I am a man where I shall not lie. Every word I spoke it shall come to pass. If I said it, I'm going to do it. So that means I need to hear more from you. If everything you say it shall come to pass, I need to hear everything you have to say concerning me. And my family. And those who are around me. Concerning anything that go, that has to do with my well-being. See, when you cross over that threshold, everything falls in you and your life is being taken care of. Do you know what that looked like to be in a land? So you are in the land. Let me say it again. You are in the land. You've been brought to the land. Now it's time for you to experience Flowing with milk and honey looks like. See, now that's we're experiencing that's what glory is. So before you can experience the full manifestation of God's glory flowing 
like milk and honey. You have to begin to be prepared spiritually by renewing your mind daily to not persuade yourself any other way. Oh, I need this. Because how it looks like when you're in a land of filled with all God's promises, you don't have to ask for anything. It's everything, all your needs already been taken care of. So you don't have no requests. Only request you have to be made known is God, I thank you. I praise you. I lift you up. That's all. It's no, I'm scared. I'm, I'm afraid. I need this. I need that. Because all your needs are being met. All your needs have been met from, in the land flow of milk and honey. And your mind has to be renewed to know that. Because you can't go in that land thinking otherwise. There is no otherwise thinking. Because everything you see is everything that you have. Hallelujah. So that's where we are as believers right now. We're in the land flowing with milk and honey. What is that? What what does it look like to always have? You don't have no wants for anything. Every request that you have right now where you are has been fulfilled. Therefore, it's no longer a request unto you or your family and your family after that and after that and after that. It's a constant flow of God's glory, a constant flow of God's miracles and God's blessings and God's favor over your life. You wouldn't have to ask for a, a better car, gas money, or whatever it is that you may request right now. Or healing. Everything is being provided in the land flowing with milk and honey. And that's where we are right now. But we have to become aware of it. Because in the Bible it also says you will have whatsoever you say. You can speak life. Or you can speak death. But God gives us, he tells us. He gives us, gives us the answer. Choose life. First he gives you an option. Then he says, you know what? Here's the answer. This is how much I want you to prosper. Choose life. So you can have it more abundantly. That's flow with milk and honey. It's a constant flow. A constant flow of everything good upon you in your life. You're everything about you. You were not lacking anything. Your health wouldn't be lacking. Nothing would be lacking. Your finances would be overflowing. Every area would be overflowing. Your spiritual walk would be overflowing. Every area. Everything would be running so smoothly daily. Every day. All day. That's heaven on earth. And that's where we are right now. But we're not aware of it, most of us. Many of us as believers, quote unquote, are not believing. And a lot of people who's not walking with God, who wants to walk with God, those who are still doing worldly things, trying to take care of themselves and not putting the matters in God's hands because they're looking at people who are in church and they see their life look worse than theirs. So what's the point? What's the point? And that's not the lifestyle we're supposed to have. So now that we're at a place where God wants us to be, we're in the land, we've been in the land, now we're becoming more aware of what takes place while we're in this land. Now we can replenish. Now we can subdue. Now we can, be, now we be, we can become more fruitful, hallelujah, in this land. Hallelujah. So we have to cross over. By renewing our mind, by making confessions, 
making declarations unto God. Hallelujah. Don't sit there and set yourself up to fall. A lot of us set ourselves up to fall already before the new year even starts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work out. I'm going to stop cussing. I'm going to go to church more. I'm going to sow more. No, you're asking for all those things that's already not going to be accomplished. Not putting anyone down. But the only start it starts with is when you begin to renew your mind. And what I mean by that, you take your mind off of all the things that you want to see changed and begin to start changing yourself and your way of thinking. Not changing my weight, not changing me going uh, going to church more. That's that's a, In order for you to go to church more, you have to have your mind renewed. So when you're there, you begin to grab hold to everything you're, you're hearing. You went from hearing to now listening. So it starts with you. So God, our request is... Before the year even starts, we want to first say thank you. Give thanks. That's how you begin to renew your mind. In spite of everything that took place, it could cause you to be complaining. It could cause you to be doubtful. But instead, we push through that and we start giving you thanks. Because we know that you are a good God. We know everything worked out for our good. We don't know why certain things happen the way they do. But we do know that you are faithful at what you do. You begin to ask, make requests made known unto God like, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. I don't want to walk this earth no more lacking and believing in you. I don't care about the cars. I don't care about the money. I don't care about any of the materialistic things of this world. I need to grab hold to spiritual things because I don't want to live this earth not knowing who I really am. See, I grew up as a child feeling, feeling sorry for God all the time. And then when I read the scripture, like eight, I was eight years old, and I read the scripture, I had a Bible, a children's Bible story, where I was able to understand at a young age. I couldn't really grab the James Version at a young age. So I grabbed hold to a children's Bible book, and I thank God for that. And when I came across the scripture where it said, out of your body, you're in the presence of Christ. And before you get to God, you have to get through Christ. And I begin to vision as I sit in my bedroom at eight years old. I didn't want to go outside. And I never told my mom what I was doing because I didn't want, you know, no strange remarks. So I just stayed to myself in my room and I, and I thought about what does that look like to exit out your body and enter in his presence? What would that conversation be like? I begin to think, what would it be like? So in order for him to say, you can't get, in order to get to God, you got to get past him. So what has to take place with me and him before I get to God? What happens to me if I don't get past him? What causes me not to get past Christ? To see God? Who created me? So I begin to think, not knowing him, did I read the Bible in my own way of interpreting it? He would say he never knew you? Someone who gave their life for you never knew you? We never invited him in? A person who gave his life? For the man who created us? And I never took time to spend to get to know him? I was too busy for him? Living in the earth with what he created? And me as a creation in his own image and likeness? And I never spent time with him? What did I spend all my time doing then? Everything without him. 
At eight years old, I begin to sit and just think like that. And I begin to feel sorry for people. And I begin to say, no, this can't happen. I'm going to keep everybody I can from having that encounter and saving them the embarrassment in his presence. And I, and I, mo- I mostly thought about Christ in that, in that atmosphere. What is it like for someone to be your Lord and you haven't made him your Lord? That doesn't feel right for you to depart your body in his presence. And he has to say to you who he loves so much that he don't know you. I don't want him to have that conversation with anybody. So that's when I ask God, let me preach your gospel. God counseled me at a young age. I didn't even have puberty yet. And God was like, I'm, I kept counseling God. No, he kept counseling me and I kept questioning his counseling. He wanted me to ask him to let me preach because he already know he created me to do that before I was born. But in order for him to do it, I have to invite him in my life to do it. So by me asking him, that was inviting him. Unaware. I wasn't even aware of all of that. Counseling and all that. I just wanted to do it. I didn't want no one to be in Christ's presence and he has to say something like that. That's not fair to him. That's not right. He honored to give his life and he'll give his life for you over and over and over again and you don't even know him. And he has to tell you that? He has to tell you he don't know you? He want to say everything but that in your presence. And then God standing on the other side can't even meet you? Because you couldn't get past Christ? That's not right. He created you. He can't spend eternity with his creation because they never knew him? I used to sit and soak for hours and hours and hours. I'm outside, they jump in double dutch. My mind is still stuck on that. Knew you? Two days later, I'm still know you? Don't know you? And then God began to open my ears to hear at so young. Someone asked me, they said, Q, when was the time, when was the age that you gave Christ your life? And one thing God told me to stop doing, and I, I'm, I'm definitely stopped, I have stopped doing it. I stopped lowering myself to make people feel comfortable to be around me. I found myself doing that a lot. And God said, stop doing that. Because you're robbing them from growth. You want them to be comfortable around you. That's why you lower yourself. But they're not going to grow. If they feel uncomfortable, then that's me convicting them so they can come up higher also. Stop trying to pacify people when it's time for them to eat. I say, okay, Father, I won't make no one feel, uh, let them feel comfortable around me by lowering myself any longer. And then on top of that, they asked me, "What, what age? So I thought about it, and I, and I was like, okay, I thought about the one of the first to the last encounters that I had. Hope you understand what I'm saying. It wasn't the first, and it wasn't the last. It was in, it's one of the encounters in between. But it wasn't a truthful answer. Because I knew if I gave them a truthful answer, they wouldn't be able to grab hold to what I'm actually saying. But it doesn't matter. You can't think for them. You can't. That's what God said. Stop thinking for people. Even though your spirit can discern ahead of time, but still pray for them to give them a better choice than to just give up and say they won't understand. 
pray that they do understand. And my answer to their question was, I've always known. I've always walked with God. There's no certain age for me to say I encountered him or I invited him in my life. I had the opportunity to have him all my life. And now I understand why. Because of what I'm called to do. There wasn't enough, it wasn't, my life testimony is not me saying, uh, Jesus, um, I want to get to know you or God, I want to get to know you. I've always known them. From the time I can remember when I first began to talk. My first encounter with God as far as my memory was the age of four. And he was instructing me on what to do. I don't remember what he was saying, but he was telling me what he was calling me to do. Because all I saw was future. And I was still learning how to tie my shoe. But God waited till I learned how to tie my shoe to begin to start telling me what my walk is going to be like. See, he waited till I was able to tie my own shoes so I could begin now to walk more successfully. I hope you understand what I'm saying. How are you going to walk and you have someone else tying your shoe? You have to be more, you have to stand up and know how to tie your own in order for you to begin to walk this walk I have for you. Because no one can walk it for you. Then God began to, and I begin to see things and, and, and I begin to grab hold to everybody in the Bible. Those Bibles, um, heavenly hosts in the Bible, the testimonies of Joseph and Jacob and Lot and Joe, uh, Joe, all of them were my testimony. And they were my friends. So I grew up with them. I grew up talking to them. Even though I had earthly friends, but it was nothing like my spiritual friends. I couldn't wait to run home from school. Do my, I do my homework at school so I can go home and spend time with Joseph and Moses and Esther. And I never told anyone what I was doing because I knew they was going to think I was strange. Because I didn't see no one else doing it. And I was the only one around them doing it. Yeah, you're going to be strange. <laughs> and I, I'll never forget I had encounters so young. So many supernatural encounters so young. When I was like seven, eight, six to eight, I began to have dreams of people. I began to have prophetic dreams of what's happening in the future. And most of them were people's lives going home with God. And then I tell my family, I say, this person I dreamed that went home, they went home, they went to heaven. I, well, I was young, I just said they died. They died. And my family was like, girl, you tripping, they ain't dying. Don't say that. Then like two days later, we have some sad news, guys. Such and such has passed away. They went home. And then I have another dream. <laughs> then another dream. And I was like, wow. <laughs> All these dreams of people leaving. And then, one, then my family went from saying, don't dream about me. <laughs> they went from saying, girl, you tripping. To now, don't dream about me. Now they begin to believe the dreams. Because it was happening. And I never forget my grandmother said, no one can see God. The only way you can see God is if you depart your body. If you, go to, if you die and go to heaven. Pretty much. And I couldn't speak up for myself then. Because back then. In the early 90s. Late 80s. If you speak against what they're saying. They take it as disrespect. And you get a beating. And I didn't want that. So I kept it to myself. But I wanted to say so much. I just saw God last night. That's not true. We were talking last night. 
I'm seven years old. Me and God was talking last night. So that's not true. And then God allowed me at the age of seven and eight to hear. I begin to hear more and see more and feel more spiritual things. And I never told anybody about it. I went to God about everything. He was teaching me how to be trustworthy. Because he can't give you things that he can't trust you with. Why would he tell you about what's going on in someone else's home and you're going to tell somebody else what goes on that you heard from God saying? You pray. Thank you, God, for trusting me what just took place here. Let me pray. And it stays with you and God. It don't go to nobody else. And when he began to trust you more, he give you more. He was trusting in me. And all of a sudden, I'm all the way on the other side of the church. Seven, eight years old. And all of a sudden, I can hear on the other side of the church. Look at the pastor. Look at those gators. I didn't know what gators was, but I knew they meant shoes. Look at them gators on his feet. They said feet. Look at them gators on his feet. And look at us. Look how poor we look and look how rich he looked. God opened my eyes up to my ears to hear that on purpose. Because I couldn't wait to get home. When I ran home, I said, God, let me preach. I'll preach for free. I won't charge anybody. Matter of fact, I'll preach outside. So I have to worry about a water bill or electric bill. He was purifying my heart. He was giving me such a hunger for his people. I begin to spend time with God. It's all I wanted. And then God began to, he had to teach me things because naturally we've been taught how to do things. Like I was taught to take up for somebody is to show your love for your family members. Someone mess with one, they mess with all. That's how you show your love. Somebody pick with your sister or brother, you take up for them. And we feel love because you took up for me. So that's how I thought. So when I read about Christ's betrayal and his crucifixion, I got pissed. I said, where's these Jews at that did this to you? Where, I knew they weren't here 2,000 years ago. I said, where, I said, where are they descendants? Show me where their children's children's children, children are in this land right now. Because I'm going and I'm going to get them. I got some for them. And I mean, literally, I was thinking really bad thoughts for these people. If I came across a Jew, I mean a Jew, I said Jew. Well, they are Jews. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. A Jew... Oh, that's going to get the business. I'm trying to tell you. Because I thought that's how I show my love to God. By taking up for him physically. And I thought God was, he was honored by that. But he never spoke a word about it. Even though he never spoke a word, I thought he'd be honored by it. I was ready for someone. Anytime someone speak anything against God or speak bad about God. Or you was going to get it. Trust me, you was going to get it. But God never brought nobody my path. Never brought anyone my path. Because he didn't call me to no prison ministry. <laughs> But he never put no one on my path. I was waiting. I'm telling you, I'm like eight years old, waiting. Got rocks in my hand and everything, ready for somebody to say they don't believe in God. Ready. Bottles in my hand for you. Waiting for you. No one said nothing like that. He said, I'm not going to bring no one her path because I already see what she's going to do. But let me teach her the true value of love. 
Because she think love is defending someone physically. And that's not love. That's not. So now I gotta, I gotta give, put her in a place as a child. See, I gotta be able to talk to her in a tangible level because she's young. I can't give her too much meat to overwhelm her at such a young age. So what God did, he waited till I got a little older. When I hit puberty, like when I, hit, when I was like 14, 15, he began to show me more about love. And he began to release to me what I was thinking was not love. It wasn't love. We can't walk around here wanting to hurt people. Emotionally hurting people, physically hurting people. Do you, if people really grab hold to knowing what you do unto people, you're doing unto God, we wouldn't do them. So I pray God that when we do things or think to do things to people, we see you in them. Because we're not going to do it to you. And doing it to them is actually doing it to you. And people are not aware of it. I had so many encounters of the pit. I say I've been in the pit so many times. I never, God never t- uh, showed me what hell looks like, and I'm grateful for that. But He always took me to the pit. Satan is not in hell yet. Hell is already created, but Satan is not in hell yet. He will not go into hell until Christ takes us up. Because that's where he's going to be eternally. And that's where we're going to be eternally in heaven. Right now he's in the pit. It's a bottomless pit. And I used to hate when God take me there. Why you keep taking me here? I'm scared. And, he, and, and I always come across the scripture. He won't give you anything you, you can't bear. I can't bear this. I should take a, I should be looking for awake pills. Pills that keep you awake, awoke. I was so afraid to go to bed. Because he kept showing me the pit. He kept taking me there. Almost every night. And there's nothing good in a pit. And it's Satan there. His demons are there. They don't have nothing good. So when it comes to food or everything, they're not eating anything good. See, food is good. So only thing they have to, what they're eating, they're eating rodents. They're eating dirt. Literally, Satan eating dirt. Bugs. Rats. I saw his kitchen. It was disgusting. And he had, uh, he had live bugs in a pot. Cooking bugs. He don't have, he can't eat anything good. Everything good was stripped from him. He can't even drink anything good. He's drinking mud. He can't even have water. Water is good. It's refreshing. He can't have nothing refreshed. He can't even have a bath. He's dirty. Disgusting. Smelly. The pit is smelly. There's nothing, there's nothing to keep it smelling good or looking good. It looks disgusting all the day long. His clothes are moth eating. They're too big for him or too small. They nothing fit just right because fitting just right is good. He's always in a place of everything in his life is a complaint. 
And I saw that every night. Demons. How it feel in hell. God began to show me what it feels like to be gnashing of teeth. And groaning in hell. What is it? What, is, what are they going to feel in hell? He let me feel what it feels like in hell. It's a pain you can't describe. It's, it's so much farther than a natural pain. Getting shot 30 times. Or any form of pain you can think about. Sawing off your own leg. It's way worse than that. Because it's piercing your soul. Your spirit. It's so much deeper than your flesh. And his spirit was gnashing. It was being tormented forever. And it's a pain. All you're doing is uh, you feel you're scratching all on each other. Everyone's scratching on each other. They're trying to run away from the pain. The agony. And they can't escape it. So you're doing You're just running all over people. You're, you're climbing up walls. And you're falling as you're climbing. And you have that forever. The pit is no joke. One time Satan was pulling me down as well. And his well had no end. And he was pulling me down fast. Then all of a sudden, Jesus didn't show me his face. But he, he allowed me to know his presence was there. And what he did was, he began to pick the rope. I was on a rope. He began to pick that rope and pull it back up. And he pulled me back up fast, faster. He was reminding Satan, no, that she belongs to me. I'm going to tell you something. Heaven wars over your life. The victory is already won. But because of you're not walking in the victory, they're warring over you. Over your mind. Because Satan's trying to cause you to think this way. God wants you to think that way. But it takes you to make the decision. So that's what they're warring over. Your decision. That's why it's so important to cross over this threshold that you are currently standing on. Crossing over is saying, you know what? Yes, Jesus. Go ahead. I surrender. I give it up. Forget it. I can't do it no more. I'm telling you that pit. It's something. I was like, God, I'm trying. I was telling God literally, don't get. I, I wake up in the morning telling him, don't give me one that night. I'm thinking about it the whole day. I can't even have a good day or be productive that day. Because I'm thinking about he might take me to that dream again. And it was always a different place. And I shared this dream in school. Once I was in high school in music class. And I shared the dream. And my teacher and, my, and the students, they were looking like, oh my gosh. And, I, and they said, you got to be telling the truth because you're telling the story the same way every time you say it. I had so many encounters with Satan, it's ridiculous. And when the moment you begin to call him, come here, Satan. That's when he runs from you. Because you call it from a place of knowing. You, you're exposing him to himself. Because he knows he's a liar. He knows he's a liar. But he's trying to persuade us to think that he's not. Hallelujah. So if you want him to run from you, call him. Some of you are too afraid. I ain't calling him because he's going to come. No, he's not. He's going to run. He only comes when you're not calling. He's sneaky. He sneaks around and trying to pinpoint and seeking urges in your life that you're not even paying attention to. 
That's what he's doing. But when you're aware and you call him, come here, you liar. You're a liar. You're a deceiver. One time I got so pissed that I said, I said, why don't you shut the hell up? And I meant hell as in fire. I said, shut the hell up. He kept talking to me one day. Kept trying to get me not to believe. I was like, shut the hell up. Sick of you. I'm getting tired of you. Keep trying to do this and, and say that. Shut the hell up, Satan. Shut up. And I'm so serious about it. That day I got so tired of him. Kept trying to persuade me otherwise. I was like, if you don't shut the hell up. And it's not a funny matter to say that. Because you have someone who's trying to cause you to have eternal death. Because he's angry, he has eternal death. So he's trying to keep you from having eternal life because he man, he got kicked out of inheriting eternal life. It's a serious matter. It's not a game. It's for real. He spent all day trying to get you to not believe. And then when I gave God a full yes, a couple of days after that, he had the audacity to try to present me with all the sinful things I gave him to, that I, I gave to God. He tried to present those things back to me and try to dress them up like they look good or something. Like smoking looks good. Like drinking looks good. Like being deceived looks good. Like walking in doubt looks good. Like being insecure looks good. You cannot dress those things up. They are what they are. And that's who you are. So you got to be bold. Don't be afraid to talk to Satan. Remind him who he is. You're a liar. Now get away from me. When you expose him to himself, that's what makes him know that you know you know who you are. You stole his plan. So now you got to come up with another plan. And you stole that one. You stole the next one. Then that's how you become more than a conqueror. Because you are aware who you are. So cross over that threshold today, right now. It's very critical. Very. Because many people thought this year they was going to see next year. Who's actually in heaven. Went home prematurely. Even though the assignment wasn't fulfilled, God is still merciful. But it's something about a believer having such a hunger to fulfill your purpose here on earth. It's something about hearing, well done. You understand? I already know God just showed me an encounter. He's so beautiful. That, you know, it's something about that encounter. I always said, it always said to me since I was six about getting through Jesus and then seeing God for the first time. And God just showed me what that encounter going to look like. Even though it might look, it might not be the exact, but he just gave me a vision of the encounter. And in that encounter, it was him standing right beside Jesus. <laughs> See, he's letting me know I don't have to get past Jesus. I'm already, yeah, I'm already there. 
We both want to say what we have to say to you at the same time. I can't wait for you to get past Jesus. I have to see you right here too. Because you have a heart for me. You know what it's like to be a father. A creator. Who creates. And my children don't have time for me. Don't make the time for me. If you don't believe, you haven't made time. If you walk in deception, you haven't made time. If you're walking in lacking anything, you haven't made time. If you're still praying to God for healing, you haven't made time. I don't care when those symptoms try to creep up against you, you already know you heal. Speak against them. You're not sitting around praying for healing, anointing your body all day for something you already have. Then you begin to pray. You begin to praise. You got a sudden backache, you begin to praise because you know. You got a sudden headache, you praise. You give thanks. I'm not going to sit here and tell anyone not to take medicine. I'm not going to do that. That's not my place to do. My, exp- my response, let me get the word out. <laughs> my assignment is to let you know you already healed. The rest is up to you and God. Hallelujah. Because I know one thing. When I was in that delivery room giving birth, you best to believe. You hear me? Some people say they want to do it naturally. You best to believe I wasn't one of them. You hear me? They got something called epidural. That was a great invention. Do you hear me? <laughs> when I go to the dentist, believe me, I'm not sitting there taking no pain for no oil surgery. You better hear me. Thank you, Jesus, for that. I had to throw that out there for real. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So I pray today you have a wonderful day. I put it all the way back home. I pray you have a wonderful day. <laughs> Enjoy this day. Hallelujah. Know that you are favored. And knowing that, I want you to know that you are being prayed for. Everyone is in prayer. Everyone is prayed up. Because there's always somebody praying for you. An intercessor, you're on an intercessor's mind. So you're always being lifted up. But I want you to make that decision before 2021 to cross over into that threshold in the land. Subduing how God wants you to. Allowing God to be God in your life. I want you to experience encounters with God like never before. Spend time in in his presence. Getting to know more who he is. That's the only way you can know who you really are. So again, I say thank you for your time. I love you so much. And I want you to enjoy this day like never before. Because God is truly about to bless you. And in fact, you are already blessed. But what you've been asking for, your greatest heart's desires, you are in it right now. So give him thanks and give him praise. And again, remember that greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. I love you so much. Enjoy your day. I love you.